all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Today, there's no way for God to forgive anyone. He's already done the work. Don't ask him to do it again. In the book of Job, he said uh, in, in chapter 23 that he esteemed God's word above eating food. How about you? Is God's word what's most important or what you read on Facebook? Today, let's just allow his word to supersede and, and to trump everything else. Without it, our spiritual man becomes anorexic. We got to stay nourished and built up in our faith, something that can't happen without a proper understanding of God's Word. There's some that'll tell you things like uh, sins are paid for but not forgiven, or or this one they'll say just because sins are not being imputed doesn't mean they're forgiven. Hey, the world's sins were paid for. That means the sin debt was forgiven. And is why God stopped imputing them. Not hard. Sins paid, debt forgiven, God stopped imputing. Sins paid, debt forgiven, God stopped imputing. That's the order. The gospel is that Christ died for our sins, he was buried, and he rose the third day. That is not an offer of forgiveness. It's a declaration, a decree, a proclamation of, of, of something already accomplished. And it's why it's often referred to as the finished work of Christ. It's finished. Not finished after you decide to believe. Listen, when you hear someone say you can be forgiven as if you're not already, you're listening to someone who's teaching limited atonement. Don't kid yourself. They may not admit it, but the proof's in their fruit, their words. Today, there's no way for God to forgive anyone. He's already done the work. Don't ask him to do it again. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. Your believing it won't magically make it so. For sins to be forgiven, God would have to come back and mount the cross. Die all over we're not to be shouting, get your sins forgiven. We're to be shouting, get saved. Today is the day of salvation. Forgiveness won't go back into effect until the close of this dispensation. Just as the Apostle Peter said in Acts 3.19. There you can read about when the little flock will get their sins blotted out. It's time future. There'll be people in hell for their sins but that's not our dispensational good news. 
That only applies to those unbelievers before this current dispensation and those who miss the rapture and are alive after this dispensation. People going to hell and being judged for their sins is not a but-now reconciliational truth. It falls outside Paul's dispensational parentheses. Any sins being forgiven after this dispensation will be the sins they commit after this dispensation. But not a one of them will be judged for their re-imputed sins. God won't re-impute sins that Christ already died and paid for. They're gone, washed away by the blood, never to be brought up again. Not being judged for sins is good news for now, for this current administration. Before this dispensation, we read in Matthew where Jesus told Israel to be forgiven, they had to first forgive. They had to forgive others, then they could be forgiven. That was the order. After this dispensation, we also can read in 1 John 1, 9, how that at that time, there'll be those that'll need to confess their sins to get forgiveness. But now, right now, that's not what's going on. That's not what you should be concerned with. Currently, under this present administration, we neither forgive others to get it or confess them to get it. If they're not being imputed, what sins would we confess? I can understand how those who are still under the dark cloud of denominationalism, held captive by religion, would have trouble understanding this, but I'm amazed at those who claim to rightly divide the word of truth and claim to understand the uniqueness of Paul's apostleship, how they're having trouble with it. Listen, 2 Corinthians 5.19 won't be in effect during the next administration. Some are forgetting this. A change of a dispensation brings a change of an administration. And a change of an administration brings a change of how things operate. During the next administration, sins will be imputed. And it's those sins they'll be judged for. All these supposed gotcha verses. Israel's tribulation is something that will follow the body of Christ being filled up. When that happens, those in the church, the body of Christ, are out of here. This dispensation closes. So when we say that no one goes to hell for their sins, that's a dispensational truth. It means right now. Everyone you've known that rejected the gospel and they died, died unsaved, but they did not die unforgiven. They're not going to pay for sins Christ already paid for. And these who have yet to grasp this dispensational news like to call themselves right dividers, but they know very little of the ministry of reconciliation. The way, the, the one and only way for someone to be forgiven has already taken place. It happened on a cross almost 20 centuries ago. And there are those who have been trying to detract from this fact ever since. Through Calvinism, Arminianism, and sadly, now, even some grace-believing dispensationalism. The wages of sin is what? Death. Not belief, 
Christ tasted death for who? For those who believe? That's what some will tell you. No. For everyone. 1 Timothy 2.6, a ransom for all. If I paid your ransom, you're free from that debt. And your disbelief won't change a thing. A ransom was owed, a ransom was paid. If you don't believe it, so what? It's true if you believe it, it's true if you don't. Your belief changes nothing. A sin debt was owed, a sin debt was paid. Sins are not the issue, so move on with it. Spend your time getting others saved instead of arguing with those who already are. For those listening who are unsaved, hey, you need to take advantage of this good news right now while you still can. The day of salvation, not the day to get your sins forgiven. Today, trust Christ alone for your salvation. For those listening who are unsaved, hey, you need to take advantage of this good news right now while you still can. The day of salvation, not the day to get your sins forgiven. Today, trust Christ alone for your salvation and you won't be a candidate for the tribulation. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. You can lead a man to the evidence, but you can't make him think. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. Hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How you all doing today? This is Joseph Brownlee of Body of Christ Real Talk. Welcome. Wow. What a strong message. What a strong message. I give a shout out to a brother, man, who's also one of my mentors and one of my teachers. Brother Trey Searcy from Truth Time Radio. Brother Trey Searcy of Truth Time Radio. If you want to hear some down to earth, rightly divided word of God with no spin, you think I don't have any spin in my messages? Check out Trey Searcy of Truth Time Radio. Now, I mean this. My, the ones that listen to my podcast, podcast, look for Google Truth Time Radio Trey Searcy. If you Google Truth Time Radio, you might get other podcasts, but just be specific, be specific with your search and put Trey Searcy. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Trey Searcy, I think his last name is S-E-A-R-C-Y, Searcy, Truth 
Time Radio. You get some real meat. He has all kind of teachings, um, verse by verse teachings, and uh, he has a a, a a radio app podcast. It's uh, WTTR Truth Time Radio. WTTR. I recommend that you download that app. It is free. You get a lot of Bible teaching, and you get a lot of information. You, he gives out tracks to pass out real gospel tracks, not made up gospel tracks, but real gospel tracks. So, if you want some real deep Bible uh, teaching, and if you want some real good Bible verse by verse information. Uh, Bible information, verse by verse, not no allegories and not no spin and not no, nothing like that, but straight out uh, verse Bible, understanding the Bible the right way. You will get it most definitely from Truth Time Radio, Trey Cersei, Truth Time Radio. Download his app, WTTR, Truth Time Radio app by Trey Cersei. Google it or look at the Play Store and you will see WTTR, Truth Time Radio, free download. Takes no time. It has nice, grace worship music and stuff like that as well. And he has great teaching, outstanding teaching from old days for all the way back from 10 years ago till up to date. Trey Cersei, outstanding teacher, one of my mentors for today. All right. Hello, everybody. Check this out. Sins are paid. Debt is forgiven. God stopped imputing sins over 2,000 years ago. Now, this is this is uh, the title of this message, this short absurd of a message. It's a longer message with this. And Trey Cersei is one of the best teachers on forgiveness of sins that I ever heard. I mean, I mean this honestly. Trey Searcy of Truth Time Radio is one of the best teachers when it come uh when it comes to teaching on forgiveness of salvation. This brother is deep. He helped me to understand verses, what chapter what verses to look for and stuff like that. So a lot of my teacher I give credit what credit is due. He's one of the brothers, Trey Searcy, that helps me out a lot. Now, there are several others, and that's Feldick and a few others and everything like that that I really tune into. But Trey Searcy lately has been one of my favorite mentors that you can call, or that you can email if you have questions, because you're never beyond of asking questions. I'm never beyond that. What I don't know, I will ask. And then you have to go from there. But Trey Searcy, Truth Time Radio, is one of the best. God bless this brother. All right. Spiritual obesity. First of all, I'm sorry. Let me apologize. Hello to everyone. Hello, hello, hello from around the world, including the U.S. of A. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. Body of Christ Real Talk. Hello. God bless you all. I just thank you all for downloading my podcast. And I thank you all for tuning in to take giving your time to listen to my show. God bless you all. Spiritual Obesity, spiritual obesity. Uh, I'm coming to a conclusion now of this topic of spiritual obesity. I believe this is what the 15th episode uh, or 16th, something like that. But I'm coming to a conclusion with spiritual obesity. If you want to follow up for my new listeners, the ones that just happen to run in curiosity listeners to this show, you will have to go back. To my last previous 15 shows. You will have to reverse. Because that's how I set up on my podcast. And go back for the last. 14 or 15 shows. 
and start from the beginning to get the real meat of this uh, series I just got through teaching on spiritual obesity. There's a lot of meat in it. There's a lot of Bible verses. There's a lot of history. There's a lot of opinion. And there's a lot of stuff in there. So what I want you to do for my new listeners who have not been listening to go back that far. I'm also going, I'm also going to uh, send this series out. Not like a package, but I'm going to give you the numbers. Where to start and where to end so you can get the whole series. And the whole series is uh, several hours long. So you probably get over 10 or more hours of content. It's, it's a long series. But it's worth the while because it's a lot of stuff in there that I talk about, you know, the best way that I can through the history of the church, you know, uh, to the ending of the last of the apostles and all that stuff that's going to be it's a build up till uh, until tonight, you know, when I'm leading up to the conclusion, which is about forgiveness. But what I want to concentrate shortly for tonight and maybe the next day or two. And this will be one of the longest series I have a, I have a done. I will, will, I, will I ever be doing another series this long? I hope not. But that's how much meat that's in uh, a teaching on a topic about the traditions and the errors that's in the church today, that's in the body of Christ, that need to be discussed. So I just, I just touched the surface. You know, there's so much more. But I'm not here to just try to get you to understand and tell you everything. I'm just trying to give you the basics of what's going on. And what do I mean when I say spiritual obesity? I just mean a lot of traditions, weight gain spiritually in the church. That's mean you, it just means you have a lot of bad traditional doctrine that you don't need to have on you and you need to lose the spiritual weight. That's what I mean by that, spiritual obesity. We need to lose spiritual weight. And I, I compare that to losing weight, losing, stopping the high, bad carbohydrates on a diet and, and get more into the protein and the fat and the meat of a physical meal. It's the same thing, you know, allegorically, spiritually. The only difference is the spiritual food is more important than the physical food. You need more meat. Just like you need meat and you need protein and you need fat, whether you accept it or not, in your diet today. All men, whether you're overweight or underweight, those are the things that you are need. Contrary to what the USDA and a traditional American diet told us or sold to us, we need the protein and we need the meats and stuff like that in our diets Today, it's not that we need more vegetables. Now, vegetables is good. That, that's, that's, that goes a long way, too. It's not that we even need more fruits. We need more meat and protein and fats, believe it or not, in our physical diet. OK. All right. When it comes to the spiritual diet, we need more meat, the word of God, more protein and more fat. All of that and filling of the word of God with the Holy Spirit. We need that in the church. And I want how would that happen? It's the same way it happened in the physical diet. We have to detox. We have to go through a detox. You know what I mean by detox? If you understand and on a diet, when you detox, you have to do a cleansing. You have to empty out. I'm on a certain diet. What I'm doing, all meat. 
So I'm emptying out. And that's going to take a while. It's going to t- it's going to take the same type of effort on a spiritual diet to empty out all your denominational traditional junk to drop all that weight of bad traditional teaching. Now, some of the traditional teachers are true. Some of the traditional teachers are true in the word of God. No doubt about that. But you have to rightly divide truth from truth, according to Second Timothy 2 and 15. You have to write, rightly know how to rightly divide truth from truth, not truth from error or worldly teaching or some type of occult, but truth from truth. See, because the truth that you also have to drop today is another truth. But the truth has not been applied today, if that make any sense to you. OK. All right. So. Forgiveness. It's one of the last topics I'm going to conclude with. I don't think it's too much uh, that I can tell you the meaning of forgiveness, the biblical meaning of forgiveness. I don't have to go through that again. You know, you know, if you want to, you have to backtrack and go through the, uh, the previous shows. Like I said, whether you are a new listener or whether you are a downloader. You have to just go back to the previous ones. Like I said, I will be shooting out this in a series because the best way to meet to get out of this spiritual obesity series, as well as the one I done prior, the physical obesity series, it has to be shot out in a series. And the only way I can do that, I have to give you a link to the numbers, the starting numbers and the ending number to each uh, show. OK, and I will. Set that up and I will be doing that because I'd rather you just listen to the whole series and the package because you're going to be listening over 10 to 12 hours of content. Very important content. You know, what? please, you know, you, of course, you don't do it at one time. Each uh, teaching averages a little bit over an hour. And I mean, it's literally over an hour. So I'm long winded in these. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Uh, shows, both shows, physical obesity and uh, spiritual obesity. Now, it's a lot of emphasis on those two because it's also part of my four uh, my four uh, phases that I'm doing in my life now, my four phases of my lifestyle. The better myself physically, I mean spiritually, the better myself physically, the better myself financially and mentally. So I would be hitting a lot of those areas, okay? Uh, the financial part, I'm going to do a little more on the financial part, but I don't need a long series on that. 
Okay, the spiritual part is what you're listening to now to how to, to better ourselves, to get a better understanding of the word of God, to learn how to rightly the word of God, what verses to use, what's for the church today, what's the difference between the body of Christ and the born again church, Israel, the kingdom church, etc. and stuff like this. That's what I mean by spiritual obesity. And that's what I mean by growing spiritual in the word of God, how to pray. Uh, how the body of Christ saints should be praying compared to the kingdom church prayer and different things like that. That's part of growing and the things of God for the church today, which is the body of Christ, which is the sound doctrine that Paul talks about in First and Second Timothy and Titus, the sound doctrine. And that's very important for the body of the church because we are so confused. The reason why we are confused is because we are putting our, we, we are mixing the body of Christ, Paul's teaching with Jesus' earthly teachings and the 12. And that brings a lot of confusion. That's why the confusion even for the gospel to be saved and for forgiveness, two of the most important things in the walk in Christ that a believer out of all people should know how to be saved, and who is forgiven. How to be saved and who is forgiven, but the majority majority of the church do not. The majority of the denominations do not. I'm not going to say all, but the majority of the denominations and the four-wall churches do not know the real power of what happened on the cross when it comes to grace. I did not know till I was taught and it was showed to me. See, because I was in that same boat. And I'm trying to help you at least check it out. At least look at it. You know something that's not wrong what you've been taught in your church. You know some of the things, most of the things that's not happening in your church. You going with the flow. You, you going with the program. You going by your feelings. You going by your emotions. See, so the feel good feelings and feelings is more important to you than sound doctrine. If you continue to go this way after this, after you have heard this series and other things that I teach on this, you know. OK. All right. Sins are paid. And I'm not going to hold you long. I'm, I'm, I'm serious about this because I want to I want to conclude this and get into something else. And I'm going to talk about at the end of this show. Sins are paid. Your debt has been forgiven. Now, what you just heard from Trey Searcy, it's just point blank. It ain't like I never taught this before. But what he is teaching, I have learned from him. Scriptural, not just talking, but verses. I backtracked. I looked for those verses. I, I, I looked and I, I couldn't refute it because it's right there in my face. So I'm going with it. When you're showing verses just plainly seen, I can't use allegories or metaphor and say it's a metaphor or it's symbolic. Well, it's just plain and simple. Like verses like 2 Corinthians 2 and 19, 2 Corinthians 2 and 18, 1, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 or 4, and different verses like that, you know. I just cannot refute that when those verses are so plainly understood. Only way I can deny it is that I purposely deny it because I don't want to accept it. It's just it ain't that I don't want to believe it. I just don't want to accept it because my traditional denominational upbringing, whatever denomination that is. That's why the majority of us don't don't want. We just don't accept it because it's too plain. 
God is not imputing any trespasses against the world. It's plain. It's plain and simple. You cannot override it. You cannot underwrite it, what it's saying. So it comes to this one thing. You just don't want to accept it. So you're denying it. You don't want to accept it. See, that's what, it's, what it comes down to. And it's, that's because of stubbornness and pride and traditional denominational belief. See, okay? All right. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to read a few verses here. Forgiveness. First of all, let's let's I'm a, let's talk a little bit about forgiveness because this is very important. Then on the next show, I'm going to talk more about what's for us today. What is the gospel for today? And a few verses in Paul's teaching, which is for the body of Christ today. I explained and I showed you, gave you verses that I hope you wrote down, you written down. And went over that and just read some of those books yourselves about what was the purpose? How, what was the way to be forgiven? Period in the Bible. Not man's way, but what is the way that you, God, will forgive you in the Bible? Period. The shedding of blood, right? The shedding of blood. See? I thought we believed by faith. I'm going to get to that. I'm going to put this all together. The shedding of blood. See, it had to be a sacrifice. Let's go back to Israel again. It had to be a sacrifice, which is called an atonement. It had to be a sacrifice. An animal had to be sacrificed. A clean animal, not any type of defiled animal with a bad leg or anything like that. It had to be a perfect uh in a uh, humanistic way, animal that's, that has no defect. You just cannot grab an animal or a goat or a bullock or whatever animals which are needed for was, was needed back then and just grab it. It had to be a perfect animal that's not defiled, not handicapped, you know, stuff like that, not been wounded or, you know, one eye bigger than the other one. It had to be a perfect animal because God is perfect. Now, of course, there's, you know what I mean by perfect. I mean, an animal without any defects before they sacrificed it. This is all in the Bible under the covenant, under the old covenant, not the new covenant, but under the old law. It had to be a perfect animal. Okay. Before the Levites could sacrifice it at the altar for the forgiveness of Sins, whatever sins, whatever burnt offering, whatever, uh, you know, sin offering and stuff like that. You know, the majority of the offerings was a sacrificial atonement was called an atonement. I, I, I gave you verses on that and scriptures on that. And we talked about that a, a, a few shows ago. Remember? OK, so you should have some type of uh, handle on what was the purpose of for them to be forgiven Israel. Not the Gentiles. I'm talking about Israel. What was the? How did they get forgiven? By the atonement of the sacrifices. The only one that was able to do that and go to the altar was who? Do you remember the Levite priests? The Levite priests. Now, under the New Testament, 
the whole nation of Israel would be priests. They would not need to go to the Levites under the new covenant. When I'm talking about the old covenant, they had to go through the Levite priest. OK, they will not have to do that in the New Testament and, you know, going towards the millennium kingdom. But under the old covenant, they had to go through the Levite priest, the Levitical priest. Read the book of Levitic, Levitic, uh, Leviticus. OK, but it was still atonement. And it had different types of sacrifice. You went through that. So, you know, about the shedding of blood for forgiveness of sins. And they had a certain time length that that had to be done. See, I also explain. When Jesus is the symbol of a sacrificial lamb, that's why they call him the, the sacrificial lamb, the lamb. When he sacrificed himself, he didn't just sacrifice himself for Israel. Now, when you look at it at first, Jesus came to save many when he came from Israel. Why was it many then? The many was Israel. The many was Israel then. It changed to all, I think, in First Timothy, but the many was, not changed it, but it was fulfilled to Paul, the explanation. But the many was Israel. Jesus, when he died, he finally sacrificed and he died. He said, it is finished. The whole world was poured upon him. The whole world's sin was poured upon him. See, the whole, that don't mean the whole world was saved. He's the savior of the world. That does not mean the whole world was saved. That means the whole world's sins was poured upon him. The whole world's sins was imputed. The whole world's sin uh, was forgiven because of he was that sacrifice that the uh, Levitical priests used to do or had to do back in the under the covenant. Jesus was that final sacrifice for the all, the many and then the all, the whole world for sins was forgiven on that cross. But it was only revealed and explained to the Apostle Paul. It wasn't explained and revealed to the 12 apostles and the, the pillars of the, the leaders, of the, which, which Paul called them pillars, which mean leaders, Peter, James and John. See, it was not revealed to them or none of the 12 or nobody else. Jesus in his earthly ministry did not even reveal it. Remember, we talked about that. I'm just going back a little bit. OK. All right. So you should have some type of understanding if you wrote those verses down and backtrack. You know, about when it comes to forgiveness. So you should know. Back going back on those scriptures, you should know biblical forgiveness. What happened at the cross? Whose sins was forgiven? You ought to know that by now that all sins was forgiven. Everybody's sins in the world was forgiven. You can't go back to your denominational traditional teachings and use other scriptures because any scripture that you will use. I 100% guarantee you're going back to the kingdom program because those are the only verses that you can use because there was, there was, uh, they had to confess their sins. They had to, you know, be forgiven of their sins. They had to forgive others first before their sins uh, were forgiven, just like Trey Sacer was teaching right here, you know, at the beginning of the show. Okay. So those are the only verses you can just really go back to is. The kingdom covenant verses when it comes to forgiveness of sins to refute what Paul is teaching. 
See, that means you're going to go back in another dispensation. You finna, you got to reach all the way back to the program of the kingdom to try to make your point in another program. It does not work. <laughs> it will not work. Because no matter what verses you bring, which are true verses there in the Bible, but they would never work in the program, Paul's teaching program, the body of Christ program, because it's a whole new different program. It's a whole new different administration. Okay. Administration, administrative wise, what the scriptures that you use are true and that past administration, but it does not work. And this administration under the grace program. You understand what I'm saying? See, that's that's the confusion. The church has got it all put together. So many people believe you have to confess your sins and your sins have to be forgiven first before you have to be saved. They're putting the two ministrations together. See, that is the biggest issue, just like they put the two Gospels together and then they put the those two together, the same as forgiveness. They've done the same thing with the Gospels and a whole lot of other spiritual obesity traditions. That's why the church, there's so many thousands of denominations now. And that was the master plan of Satan. Satan even got fooled. He even got bamboozled. You see the wisdom of God? He even got bamboozled. He thought it was finished when he had Jesus killed on the cross. He didn't know the plan of God. No man knew the plan of God because it was hidden in God. That's why Paul talks about mystery in the King James Bible. Other translations, they have secret, but it's the same thing. Mystery. Why do you think Paul mentions mystery so much or secret in your translation? Why? Because it's about seven or eight different mysteries that was only revealed to Paul. That's not nowhere else in the Bible. That's the finished work of Christ was a mystery to the world. It was only revealed to Paul. See. See, it's so much uh, a lot of uh, traditional churches do not understand. And I did not understand either about the programs. If Israel, the leaders especially, nationwide, because remember the salvation in the future for Israel is nationwide. See, in the future for Israel, but for now, Jews can still get saved under the grace program, but individually, they don't hold no water today at all. They they have to get saved the same way as any other Gentile. But through the uh, the national Israel's program under the law, the old and the new covenant, under the law, if Israel would have been obedient and they would have believed, then they would have went right through. When Jesus just say, I mean, let, me, let me make it simple like this. Now, this is Bible teaching on body of Christ real talk. This is teaching you only really get on connecting the dots for a saved person. But I'm putting it out there because I'm, I'm going to believe that it's saved people listening. OK. If Jesus, when he died on the cross. If Israel would have accepted Jesus as their Messiah, see, just just listen to me closely. If they would have accepted Jesus as their king, like they're supposed to, and as their Messiahs, Messiah, national Israel, Jesus would have came back 
after it still would have been a seven year tribulation because Israel had to go through this a final chastisement of their disobedient obedience. So I'm not going to teach that now. It's just kind of complicated for now. It's a chastisement. They still have to go to the seven tribulation because the seven that that seven year tribulation is that final seven years that's uh, uh, that's prophesied in the book of Daniel. Okay. And they still have to go, still will have to go to that seven year tribulation to have that fulfilled. So they would have went through the seven year tribulation. The Antichrist still would have came on the scene. I know, I don't know who the Antichrist would have been. People have their speculations. And then Jesus would have returned and set up his kingdom. So when Jesus died, and if they believed Jesus would have died, the seven year tribulation would have went through. Jesus would have came back down and set up his millennium kingdom. And then the fullness of times would have happened after that. The kingdom would have ushered itself into the fullness of times. See, that was the, the, the plan for Israel. But since they did not, and they went out in unbelief, proven by the, uh, the stoning of Stephen in Acts 7, God postponed the program. He postponed it, so there's a gap there. That's why the Bible is kind of like it is. And many people are confused because they, 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 they can't take a grasp of that gap. What happened? They know something is missing. How come we're still here? How come the tribulation never happened? That, that gap. See, it's that gap that many people in churches are confused about now. That's why they get the rapture and the second coming mixed up because Paul's mystery program is that gap. The body of a church, the church today is that gap. That many denomination churches don't even understand. They don't get it. They still don't get it. They still try to call themselves the kingdom church because the, the so-called gap is what got a lot of had us and a lot of denominations confused. Now, that take a long teaching in itself. Because a lot of you probably wrap your head up. Oh, man, what is he talking about? I get it. I get it. I still get confused. See? So when God postponed the kingdom program. See. Jesus. Saul went out persecuting the kingdom church. Saul of Tarsus. Before they named him Paul. Before they just started naming him Paul. Jesus. In Acts 9. Very important to understand. In Acts 9. See. Call Paul. Call Saul. And. And use Saul to go out to the Gentiles. That's when the gap started right there. See, another program was finna be is finna be usher, ushered in through Saul, this 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 leader of the Pharisees called Saul of Tarsus, which is later is is the Paul, because he's a Jewish, he's a Jew, but he was born a Roman. He's a Roman citizen, so. Saul is his Jewish name and Paul is his Roman name. Okay, you understand that? So Saul was used to go out to the Gentiles. Gentiles meaning the other nations. Okay. Those administrations, it was a transition. That's a book. Book of Acts is a transitional book. Not so much of a doctrine book. It's a transitional book. It transitions from the kingdom program, Peter's teaching, to Paul's teaching. That's why you don't hear no more about Peter after Acts 15. It's all about Paul's teaching then to the world. 
and his his missions and what he was teaching is explained in his 13 epistles or 13 letters. You, you see that. So what we all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions. And it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions. And yet there he is suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors built with aerospace precision deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother and even son can enjoy eventually with replacement blades just 10 cents each. You'll buy it once and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase and no subscription headaches. Hensonshaving.com slash holiday. There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. What else was changed? Under the kingdom program, I'm making this plain as he can. Under the kingdom program, remember we talked about that. What was in the kingdom program besides the sacrifices? Besides, you had the law. What else was under the kingdom program? Baptism in water, baptizing in water. What else is under the kingdom program, the Jewish program? Signs, wonders, healings, speaking in tongues, and not to, and I explain why why it was that. See? The kingdom program. What else the kingdom program was looking for before he came? Their Messiah and their king. What else is under the pro, uh, kingdom program? Tithing, stuff like that, different type of rituals and whatever like that. It was so much besides the 613 laws that was under the kingdom program. What else was required under the kingdom program? Sacrifices for forgiveness of sins. You can lose your salvation under the kingdom program. What else is under the kingdom program? People can die and go to hell with the, because of sin. You see where I'm going. Follow where I'm going. See, all that people did go to hell with sin under the kingdom program. See, on the left side of the cross, I'm just making up the left side of the cross. Those things was going on on that side of the cross. Now, what the, the things that I have just mentioned, the majority of the churches follow that program follow that dispensation the majority of the church that this was satan's master plan and he worked it out to a t had us all caught up in this and most churches still today 95 to 98 percent of the churches i believe follow some type of the kingdom program and it's and a lot of them mix it up with paul's program and that's when the confusion comes with all these different denominations you see you see what's going on here. So the majority of the churches follow the program and the, the rituals and the things that I have just called out. The majority of the churches, that's why the majority of churches, they do the tithing. They do the baptizing in water. They, a lot of churches believe in the signs and wonders. Not all. Some people get it. Signs or the Pikachu's. Then you have to speak it in the tongues. All of that was under the kingdom program, which the majority of the churches 
follow. Now, I don't, don't follow the signs and wonders, but my point is the majority of the churches follow the kingdom program, even the way to be saved. The Acts 238, John 316 or whatever like that, the way to be saved. That's the kingdom program. The majority of the churches follow that. You have to repent for the forgiveness of your sins, be baptized in water, then be filled with the Holy Spirit. Added with man-made traditions. You, you see how kind of it becomes simple once you accept it? <laughs> you got to accept it first. You got to believe it and accept You might believe, but you still don't want to accept it, even though it's right there. I'm trying to open up that picture so you can see it, so you can see it. So all those things that was on that side of the cross, Jesus' earthly ministry side of the cross, was conditions, was the law. There was requirements, there was works that they had to do to be forgiven. If they didn't, they would die in their sins. Jesus talked about that. If you don't believe who he is, what did he say? In the book of John, you would die in your sins if you don't believe that I am he. You would die in what? In your sins. That's under the messianic program, the, the, the kingdom program. See, under the law, under the law. See, so wherever there's a law, there's what? There's sin and there's a penalty for sin. God can charge you with sins because you're under the law. You would be breaking a law. But when it comes to Paul's program, there is no law. And where, whenever there's no law, there's no transgression. Let's go to Romans 4 and 13. Reads for the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham. Okay, it was to his seed, his seed singular, meaning Jesus. I'm reading uh, Romans 4 and 13 through the law, see, through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. 14 For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of none effect. Now, this is the verse I want you to hear. Verse 15, Romans 4 and 15, because the law worketh the wrath. For where no law is, is there is no transgression. Let me read that again. I don't care what translation you get. You might be even playing it to you. Because the law worketh the wrath. For where no law is, is, I keep saying eos, <laughs> that's the Alabama uh, in me, there is no transgression. What is transgression? Transgression is sin, or my, the King James might use iniquity sometimes. They all mean sin. See? Well, there is no law. Wherever there is no law, the Bible law, there is no transgression that God cannot uh, uh, count sin against you. When did the law come into effect? It came to effect in Exodus 24 under the Moses. So anything before Exodus, there was no law. So God was not charging on one with the law even before then. He might say, you might say, but Joe, he wiped out, you know, he killed the, uh, why did he kill the, uh, the flood? Why did he wipe them out in the flood and Sodom and Gomorrah and stuff like that? Because of wickedness. Because they knew the difference between good and evil. He wasn't charging them for their sins. See, God is the only one back then knew what was sin. 
what, what, what exactly what they was doing. Man did not know that because they had no law to tell them that they was doing wrong here and wrong there. See, because there was no written law to say, okay, you're doing this, but within their heart and within their conscience, that was opened up what Adam ate that fruit. They knew the difference between good and evil. So they knew that difference. So God judged them on that. They choose to do evil over good, so they got judged on that. Not because of each sin they done. They got done, they got judged because they chose the evil. They chose what he judged them on their wickedness. You you understand what I'm saying? See? So it wasn't he was challenging them against, okay, you committed adultery. You done this. You done that. You 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 killed a person, whatever like that. He didn't know. He it was their evilness. See, evil always gonna be prospect, see. Even if you did not know what a sin was, you know. The sin what they was doing, exactly what they was doing was only explained through the written law, through the Mosaic law, through Moses. That's when the sins was explained. And sins was what? To show you your law. I mean to show you how sinful you was and to show you it was the school teacher to show Israel what sin was see you understand what I'm saying you see how far that went even to the Gentiles the Gentiles was never under no law even when the Mosaic law came out the Gentiles was never under the law under no law but they knew the difference between good and evil they knew it because it was in their conscience they knew the difference between good and evil. They just could not name it, but they knew when they was doing wrong and right because they what? Their conscience convicted them. See, you see how that is? Their conscience convicted them. You can't put them past God. So that's why he destroyed them. They knew right. They choose to disobey. They made their own governmental laws on earth. You know what the damn times the Bible, they made their own man-made governmental laws on when they was on the earth. See, they, the, you can, even if you didn't have no law, they didn't have no Mosaic law. Now, this is what I'm looking at. They didn't have no Mosaic law, but they still had a man-made called the human government. That's why it was called, uh, uh, Clarence Larkin and C.I. Schofield, they believe in the seven dispensations, the old school traditional dispensations. OK, so they I broke that down and connected the dots. <laughs> One of them was called the human government. Now, the human government is not the uh, Israel's law. OK, it's the human way of governing things. See, and the only way you can govern it things the way I look at it, you have to have a right and a wrong. Even though it might be dominated by evil. And that's what happened. They choose sin. They choose evil. That's why the it was only eight people righteous. <laughs> Not sinless. But God was in charge of a sin. It was only eight people righteous. You notice it didn't say sinless. It said righteous. When it got April, Abraham was righteous. Not sinless. You see, because there was no law. So it was only eight people that was righteous in the eyes of God that obeyed him that was on that ark. The rest of the world, and it sounds unbelievable, were evil and wicked. Those are the ones God killed and destroyed with the flood. The evil ones, the disobedience, the one was in unbelief. You, you see what I'm saying? So they got judged because they chose evil over Good.
not because they broke the law, because there was no law to break. In God's covenant, he didn't have a covenant with the world. There was no law for them to break. They got judged because of their disobedience and they chose evil over good because they knew the difference. You probably never heard that before. Yes, that's why they had because they knew the difference between good and evil. See, let me use something that's probably a bad uh, analogy. I'm just, dogs, cats, animals, are they under any kind of law? See, you can teach a dog, even though they have no really a sense of knowing what they're doing, they still have somewhat of a way of knowing, you know, what's good and what's bad. Because you can train a dog what not to do and what to do. Easier to get you can a cat. The cat have better instincts sometimes with a dog, a dog. You know, they got better instincts and whatever like that. But they even have some way. I'm not saying they have a conscience of a soul, nothing like that now, but they even know somewhat of the difference of when they're doing bad and when they're doing good because sometimes they'll look at you funny or whatever like that, you know, especially after you, but you have to train them. See, you have to train them to do that. It's probably a bad analogy, but you get my point. You know, there are certain things that know the difference, even from an insect. You saying, Joe, I never heard that. But just think about even an insect. You see how an ant, when they, they line up and they have a rotation. See, they know to go the right way. How do they know that? Not because they got a conscience. Not because they got a spirit or they have a soul. But they know to go the right way. See? You understand what I'm saying? They know to go the right way. What make a plant follow a certain dialogue in a certain way when it grows? Um, yes, I am trying to get you to think. <laughs> Myself as well. Trying to get you to think. See? Those are for the ones that say, well, hacker God cannot be charged for sin. People still went to hell because of their sin. Yes, under the kingdom program. That's my point. Whenever there's no transgression, there wherever there's no law, there's no transgression, meaning there's that God is not charging no one for sin if there's no law. So you go to Second Corinthians five and nineteen, which explains that second which I read to you. I'm not gonna go there again, but I hope you wrote that down. God is not imputing. Puning means charging. Which your translation if it's not the King James is saying, which is correct, charging the world with any sins. See? He's not. Point blank. Now, that's forgiveness. Forgiveness never brought salvations for Israel's sacrifices. I mean, salvation. For, it, never brought, it never saved them. See? They're going to get saved in the future. Forgiveness was just to remove that sin that they have done in the past. It wasn't for their future sins. It was only for their past sins, what they have done before. See, it wasn't for their future. So that's why they had to keep sacrifices, whatever, whatever it was under the law at that time. 
Jesus was the eternal final sacrifice for the past, present, and future for the world. See, he came for many, but on the other side of the cross, after it was finished, after he was resurrected, it was for all. All means what? All, the whole world. So everybody in the world sins past, present, and future are forgiven under the grace program. Now, when I say past, I'm not talking about the kingdom program. I'm not talking about the people that died before they're the saints that died before they was going to be resurrected in the second coming. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about under the grace program, under Paul's program that was ushered in through Jesus Christ. Under this program, everybody's sins are forgiven. Not under Peter's and Paul, and, I mean, Peter's new program and Jesus' earthly ministry. Not that program. Under the Pauline, Pauline program, under the grace program, everybody's sins is forgiven. You see what I'm saying now? It's a diff, it's a, it's the, uh, dispensation. It's an administration issue that, that got the church confused. I hope I'm explaining this the best way I can. And I know some people probably, uh, it shouldn't be that difficult if you're willing to get, take off your blinders of traditional belief. Because a lot of traditional belief is going to stop you from really seeing and understanding what the Word of God said and what I'm saying. It's just now you wanna, you're going to either accept it or you're not. You can't deny that it's in the Word of God. So you can only do one thing. You just want to accept it. That means you choose your traditional belief over what the word of God is saying. That's the power and the stronghold of traditions. They, it was the same way back then. They didn't want to accept the teachings of Paul. Paul preached the cross, the resurrection of Christ. He preached this way. They didn't want to accept that. They didn't want to accept that. It's no different today. They don't want to accept Paul's teachings today. A lot of the traditional teachings come from, whether you accept it or not, the Catholic Church. See, the Catholic Church was the church then. They was the most powerful church. They was the church. Until Martin Luther and them, see, Martin Luther, Calvin, all of them came from the Catholic Church. There was no other uh, Protestant denominational church uh, after Constantine. Catholic Church was the church. So a lot of the traditional teachings, even today, come from the Catholic Church as well. Then all the spreading, Martin Luther and them found out, whatever like that, because a lot of Paul's teachings was getting, man, just hidden and all that and everything. So a lot of that traditional church come from what? They call them the mother of the churches, the Catholic Church, mother of the churches. See, a lot of churches branched off trying to get away from the, the dominant dogma of the Catholic Church. Then all these denominations start spreading out. <clears throat> See, but you, the unsaved is not going to get this. But they can understand the basics of it, but they're not going to get it because they have to be spiritually discerned, as the word of God said. If the believer have a hard time getting it, the spiritual side of it, not the basic, you know, common sense side of it. I don't say a person can read Second Corinthians 5 and 19, you know, out of any translation and know what it's saying and just say, OK, that means everybody in the world sins forgiven. 
or that means God is not charging nobody with sins. See, they will know that it's just a religious minded, you know, uh, denominational, traditional, and even some dispensational teachers cannot get that out of their head. They cannot get it. They won't accept it. Some of them embarrassed to go back and tell their congregation that they was wrong because of pride. They won't go and tell their congregation that because they didn't fed their congregation all that wrong error. Now, to go back and tell them, okay, I was wrong about this, boom, you know, most of them are not going to do that because of what? Pride. Traditional pride. It's hard to admit that you was wrong when you have told and led thousands and thousands and thousands of people a a certain way of belief when it comes to forgiveness. They got it good on salvation and most other things, but when it comes to forgiveness, a lot of grace teachers just choose their denominational belief or that they just won't get it. They won't accept it. And I think a lot of because of their pride, because they've been teaching that, you know, everybody's forgiven, but you got to believe it for years and years and years. No, the Bible don't say that. You have to believe it first. You're forgiven whether you believe it or not. Their belief is that see, it's a confusion of thinking, but forgiveness, forgiveness of sins means automatically you save. No, no, it does not. Come on, y'all guys. No, it don't mean that. That's universalist teaching. All right. OK. Traditional um, spiritual obesity, spiritual obesity. It's a lot of confusion in the church today. I'm going to end it with a conclusion uh, on the next segment and everything like that. But for now, I'm going to end it right now. But I want you to always remember, you do not have to be forgiven for. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday there's only one road into key west but you won't believe where it can take you travel back in time to a city rich with history discover amazing artists and musicians taste seafood fresh off the boat or just kick back and soak up the island vibe for more about key west visit flakeys.com key west close to perfect far from normal to be saved. You have already been forgiven. You as the world, the unbeliever, God loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son. See, now I'm going to start right there. Why I'm going to start right there? Because what's coming after that? It said, whosoever believed in him. But I can't tell you that because that's not for you. That was for Israel. Now, who, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's, it stops right there. Now, if you was under Israel's program, you will continue and just say, if you was a Jew looking for the Messiah, then you continue with that whosoever believeth in him shall have everlasting life. That's not required for the church today. That was only that verse and that ending was only required for Israel. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Yes, that's for the world. 
you stop right there. But the continuum is for Israel. That's truth about he gave his only begotten son. See, matter of fact, let's go there. I'm sorry. Because I, I, a lot of you probably, well, Joe, what are you talking about? Okay. All right. You have to read the above. You have to just read the whole thing. Okay. Let's read this. Okay. Let's start with uh, 13. John 3, 13. And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Now, it's talking about when he, he ascended into the up in the air. And ain't talking about salvation, don't believe in nothing like that. 15. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Remember, this is under the kingdom program. John 3.15, that whosoever believeth in him, believeth in who? Believeth in Jesus. Remember, they were looking for, they had to believe in their Messiah and their king, the Jewish nation, should not perish, but have eternal life. Now, in context, whosoever is who? Israel, you got to read a whole John 3 and all that and everything. It's talking about the Jews. It's Israel. The whosoever is Israel. Whosoever in Israel believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. There is a requirement under the kingdom program. OK, now you go to John three sixteen, which reads reads like this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him. Now, remember who the whosoever is, the Jews. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, when you look at the whosoever, you know the whosoever is Israel and both of these verses 15, whosoever is Israel when you put it in context. But what I was talking about is for God so loved the world that is true that he gave his only begotten son. That is true. See, when it comes to the world. See, all this is true. But when it comes to who he is talking about that whosoever believed in him should not perish under the kingdom program. That was what that was their requirement works and stuff like that. They had to believe who he was that for salvation. That's Israel. That was for Israel under the kingdom program. He's not talking to everybody. He's not talking to the body of Christ because there was no body of Christ. <laughs> See, he was talking to Israel under the kingdom program. I just wanted to throw it out there so you you can try to get an understanding when you read the Bible in context and you know what people uh, who the Bible is talking to and what people group of people he's talking to. Then you want to apply all that to yourself. That's a good thing. OK, God bless you all. This is Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ, Real Talk. Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ, Real Talk. Until next time. The way to be saved today is under the teachings of the Apostle Paul, which is Jesus' heavenly ministry. This is the other side of the cross. Uh, this is the finished work. Paul teaches the finished work of Christ, not the beginning of Christ when he came on earth and he was first died on the cross. This is just the Paul preaches the finished work, which is only revealed to him. Nobody else. The finished work of Christ. The completeness of what happened on the cross. That's a better way to say it. the complete work 
fullness of what was revealed and what Christ really done on the cross was only revealed through the Apostle Paul. That's what Paul's letters is about. The finished work of Christ never revealed under Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. It was only revealed under Paul's letters. God bless you all. Forgiveness is under the body of Christ program. It's not the same way of forgiveness under the kingdom program. It was conditional and there was a requirement and you can lose your salvation under the kingdom program. Under the grace program, Jesus heavenly ministry, you cannot lose your salvation because there is no law. It was a law then. There was no law now. Remember? Romans 4 and 15. Wherever, whenever, wherever there's no law, whenever there's no law, there's no transgression. See? There's no transgression. You see what I'm saying? So we're under grace. We faith alone. There's no law. So there's no transgression. God is not charging no one with sins. So everyone, that means that that's forgiveness. The whole world is forgiven, but the whole world is not saved. That means they have, they can be saved now. That's the difference when it comes to forgiveness. Okay, I can't explain it to you no more better than I did now. But if you want some more information and teaching on it, let me know. Leave a comment. I'll give you a great outstanding series by the brother you just heard earlier, Trey Searcy. Trey Searcy, okay? I'm going to end it with this, but I have, I'm going to leave you with an announcement. What's coming up? I will be doing, going back on a very touching Subject after this series. And I know I spoke. It's another series I'm still going to talk about. Yes, the PJ Vax, the the vaccines and stuff like that. But I'm, what I'm going to do, I'm going to push that back a little bit because I have a lot of information on the vaccines. And you guys know I do that. I've been listening to my podcast. And I have a lot of PJ Vax talk on my podcast already. I don't have to keep going back there unless something dramatic, drastically really changes. I can give you some updates and stuff like that on what's going on. Most of the time it's not good, but it's nothing. It's nothing really so, you know, out there that you haven't heard from me do that over a few months ago when it comes to the PJ Vax. You know, all the, the crap and the, and, the, and the junk was going on. So I would periodically give you updates of what's going on with the vaccines, the PJ Vax, you know. But what I, what I'm, what I'm, what I want to do now at the, the conclusion of a lowest willing of this series of spiritual obesity, then I'm going to try to put it in a package and send it out, uh, is I'm going to talk about something. A topic that touches me very, very much. And I taught on this before. And I also done a story about my childhood bringing up. And the, uh, the topic I would bring up back again that I want to get into that's very important. It's very, it touches my heart. And I have a love for this subject because I struggle with it is MDD, Melodactyl Daydreaming. And if you guys that and young ladies that listen to my series, uh, I, I recommend that you go back and listen to uh, those five shows about my childhood struggle with MDD, autism, ADHD, and neurodivergence. Those are things that spectrally, 
I haven't seen a, a psychologist or nothing like that, but I have those traits big time, especially the autism and the MDD, the maladaptive daydreaming. So I have kind of a, a understanding on that. I finally have a name, a face for the thing that I struggle with more than anything in my life. You know, maladaptive day, uh, daydream, which is MDD. They haven't... Um, diagnosed it as like they do autism or whatever like that you know I don't know why but you know you have psychologists and scientists still trying to you know do their research because they don't it's nothing new but it's something new as far as you know them doing their research and it's thousands and thousands of people that suffer with MDD you hear about people with OSD whatever that is ADHD uh, autism and stuff like that. But when it comes to maladaptive uh, daydreaming, the majority of the people our ex, they have no idea what it is or never heard of it because it was and that's the name that was gave to it by uh, this uh, precious doctor uh, named Eli Summers. Sum Summers, Eli Summers. I think he's from Israel. That's bringing it to the light now, and I thank God for this uh this scientist. I don't know if he's a Christian or not, you know, but even if he's not, he's doing a good thing, and I hope he gets saved if he's not saved but uh that's all i'm always I always have a desire for somebody that's a scientist or psychologist to be saved, you know because that's more important than what they discovered well anyway, you know Eli summit you know uh that really is bringing this to the light, this MDD. You can look this up yourself. Maladaptive daydreaming. I suffered 60% of my life with that, that maladaptive daydreaming, uh, MDD, as well as autism, I believe. And, uh, you know, cause it, it hits my situation right in the nail. And I have, I listen to a lot of people. I join groups now, you know, and everything like that. And, uh, I'm going to talk about that just a little bit more because I think that needs to be addressed. Cause it might, you might have a child and you might have a man, a, a wife or a husband might struggle with this. And they, they don't, they, they can't put the, uh, a face with the name. I struggled with this. Is, with this uh, since I was a child. I don't know what age, but I know I was a little child. That I, just as far as I can remember. Some people remember ages. I don't remember the age. I'm not going to just make up an age, but I believe it's probably since I was five or six. I don't know, but I know it's since I was little. I struggle with MDD. I'm about 80 to 85 percent clean now from MDD. <clears throat> I don't have a much struggle with my autism, but MDD, I, uh, you know, have, I say I'm about 80% delivered uh, from, by the grace of God, this MDD struggle. If you don't know what that is, if you're trying to find out what I'm talking about, uh, leave a comment and I will tell you, because I don't know right off head. I think, uh, okay, it's episode 315 for the ones that want to, Here's the series, episode 315. That's the one I want you to hear first. Then you have 316. It's about four shows. That's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really exposing myself, you know, uh, and it's for the help ones that struggles with MDD and stuff like that or autism or anything like that. But I'm trying, specifically, I'm focusing on the maladaptive daydreaming. And it's, it's episode 315 to around three. 17 that I want you to really focus on and they are long. So, I'm, you know, my shows are long 
and they're a little over an hour, but it's so much of me that I have never done in my life. But by the grace of God, I feel free now that I can talk about it. Besides my family, it's things they did not know about it. Or even my fiance didn't know the deepness of my struggle. That was what was going on in this head. And it was a battle, you know, in my head. And the, the, the crazy thing about it, all of it was not bad. See, but that's the deception of it. And I want to talk about why a lot of groups that I'm in, not a lot of groups, but some of the MDD groups that I have joined. It's a lot of young people that struggles with it or think they struggle with it. And you need to, first of all, you need to know the difference between uh, wondering, uh, mind wondering and daydreaming and stuff like that. I'm learning there is a difference. And, you know, maladaptive daydreaming just mean excessive daydreaming because everybody, most everybody in the world daydream or wonders off. So I don't want you to get confused with daydream. Maladaptive, that mela, uh, adaptive mean you daydream or it's just you're adaptive to the world. That means you're comfortable. You okay. You, you, you don't you don't daydream extreme. You know, it's just regular daydream. You can adapt to society. Mela means that you can't. So I couldn't. So my daydreams became excessive. I tried to mask it and try to replace my struggles. Maybe it's because of autism or whatever or something happened in my life. I became mela which means maladaptive. You know, adaptive mean that you, you know, you're normal in a sense and everything like that. You, you, you don't, you don't need drugs or nothing. You, you cool with society. You can accept society. A maladaptive person cannot. That's, that's me. So that's what this doctor named it, maladaptive and everything like that. So it's a lot that Many people need to understand, including myself, but no one can tell this story more better than the person that struggles with it. See, and that's that's why I can tell the story, because some of the things I can remember very vividly. I might not remember the pictures very well, but I can remember some of the, my deepest uh Melodactive daydreams and everything like that, my uh, MDD struggles. And, and, you know, I can remember that and others as well, more vividly than I can. But the point is, I struggle. I'm 59 years old and I struggled with this over 50 years. So I feel that I have a handle on it now that I can help others because I have a handle on it. And I like to tell some of my people that's in these MDD groups that it's, um, I know this is an old saying, but it's true. This is a marathon, not a sprint. That means it's not going to go away overnight and sometimes probably never at all, even for a saved believer, you know, because it's in your head. It's in your head. Now, the why is the question that many People that struggle, hundreds of thousands of people struggle with this like me, and I did not know that. The why, where did it come from? And I want to get into that because I hear a lot of people talk about it on these groups, and I hear a lot of psychologists, even Ellie Summers, talk about it. And they hit a lot of common sense areas, why things mostly pass childhood trauma, something like that. I don't know if it was there with me or not. I don't know. I don't care too much about the why too much, but what I want to talk about touch on because me being a believer is the spiritual part of it the demonic part of it that can be part of it that I believe has a play in it because too many people dealing with this now and I'm going to get into that part that many 
don't want to touch on. See, because, yes, it's a lot of things that's spiritual, too, that the world and even psychologists, because they're unbelief in those things, don't touch on. Uh, some things and many things are spiritual and can be demonic It can be spiritual. So I want to get into that, too, because when it's over 100,000 people, young and old, don't know what's going on in their head like me, you have to just you can't ignore the spiritual realm. You can't ignore that. In my book, you cannot. You know, some things is some people didn't have no trauma. I don't remember the trauma that got me like this and uh, been born in a way. I don't believe he was born in a way, but I don't believe everybody didn't have no trauma. So what's the corporate of this? What is kicking off? Something starts autisms, you know, like the some of the shots and the medicines and stuff like that. But when it comes to MDD, it could be the same thing, but we don't know. Many psychologists are really bombarded and complex or whatever name you want to call it. I may make, make up my own names. Y'all know me <laughs> about what's the real deal with this MDD that I struggled with for years that some scientists and psychologists for some reason don't want to touch it, don't want to mess with it. They just it's in your head. Man, of course, I know it's in my head. <laughs> Duh. I know it's not real. I just want to know. Uh, what causes it? Not so much why, you know, I'm not feeling sorry for myself, but what causes this and stuff like that. So I'll be talking off and on on MDD because I'm going to be, uh, I, I decided to do an ebook about my life, you know, uh, so, you know, stay tuned for that. I will be, uh, Lord Swirly writing an ebook about my life and my struggle with this MDD. And I also will be doing courses and stuff like that in the future. I'm setting up for that now. And I will be doing ebooks and I will be selling ebooks. Some I will give out free and some I will sell because, you know, my goal is to go into ministry full time. And I need an income to do this full time. So in order for me to do this full time, I need some income to come in. So the way I can do that is give out information and help somebody information as well as train somebody information and charge a fee. That's nothing wrong with that. I told you I'll let you know if I'm going to charge you, I'll let you know and everything like that. When I give my free, I will let you know. But I want to support myself and my future family and stuff like that. And the only way I can do that is through my entrepreneurship and my endeavors and stuff like that. So I will be getting into ebooks and stuff like that as well as still dabbling in real estate. But when it comes to my ebooks, I would like you guys to just help me out and purchase it. And stuff and check it out and everything, you know, and help me out financially that way as I try to go into full time ministry to get more of God's work out there and more of uh, uh, health and traditional training out there for us, you know, in the name of Jesus, you know. So I just wanted to give you an announcement on that. OK, also begin keeping you updated on my uh, my health uh, lifestyle that I'm doing now. I told you I'm on an all meat diet, which is uh, called the carnivore diet, and I'm doing very well. I'm feeling much better and stuff like that. I will give you another update, you know, when that time will be about how I'm feeling on the health wise. I'm not worried about the weight loss that's going to come, but I'll talk about what's changed in my health wise, which is more important. So I'm more health focused and weight loss focused now, you know, because the weight loss is going to come, you know, but the health focus is more important now, you know.
All right. God bless you all. Body of Christ, real talk. Until next time. I love you all. Peace out. Bye-bye. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday.